Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I had an accident playing racquetball last night. I got hit in the face with a racquetball racket and five stitches on the outside and two stitches on the inside and the whole side of my face all swollen. And it looks like a basketball so bad that my staff said, uh, no, don't show them. <laughs> don't show them that face. So here's what I'm going to do. We are going to make an unbelievable offer if I can talk, for the next few days until I can get this down to a reasonable size, and then we'll resume our normal broadcast. So what we're going to do is post up one of the most amazing videos we have on archaeology, and we're going to make four of them free for the month of February. So let me explain. First of all, it's going to be free until February 28th of 2022 at Watch prophecyclub.com. Watch prophecyclub.com. First one is uh, Archaeology Confirms the Bible. Now, the story on this was in 1991. Of course, the video technology was not as good as it is today, but nevertheless, I got a brand new VCR with the best quality videotape that I could get. Leslie and I went on a tour, an archaeology tour with Ron Wyatt, and we got shot some amazing video on this two-week tour, we saw Noah's Ark, Anchor Stone, Sulphur Balls, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, the rocket Moses struck, giant bones of pre-flood people, Golgotha. It also has the best talk of Ron explaining how he found the Ark of the Covenant. That's right. The golden chair of God has been found, and he explains it. And when you see this, you won't have any question. You will know he's telling the truth. That's going to be free. Again, for the month of February at WatchProphecyClub.com. The next one is, I came back several years later in 2012. I made this video because I saw that there was so much more I needed to explain. So it's based upon the information I saw on the two-week tour. But I do a good job of explaining Noah's Ark, the crossing side of the Red Sea, Jesus' tomb, many other amazing discoveries, the existence of Noah's Ark, how it has been proven to be a fact and confirms the accuracy of the Bible. See, the devil knows all of this has been found, so he can only present decoys so that people won't find the truth. But these videos will show you the truth. Again, free at WatchProphecyClub.com until February 28th. Free. You can go there and watch all four of these videos at WatchProphecyClub.com. Now, normally it's a $20 a month donation to $200 a year, but you can go watch them free for until February 28th. Now, the one you're about to listen to is uh, one made in April 2004 by Michael Rood. And here he's talking about the Red Sea crossing, the real Mount Sinai, the wilderness journey. Michael takes you into one of the most thrilling archaeological discoveries of modern-day Israel, Michael presents the most recent photographs, video footage, and archaeology uh, artifacts smuggled out of Mount Sinai, smuggled out of Mount uh, Saudi Arabia, and displays a grinding stone from Mount Sinai, which may be used to grind manna to make bread. He also shows Israeli arrowheads that litter the desert of Midian, the intact remains of the altar of the golden calf of Moloch, the rock at Rephidim, which split in half at the blow of Moses' staff, and still evidences the erosion caused by millions of gallons of water pouring from the center of the rock. You'll also see Har Karkum, one of Israel's camping locations, 
during the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. You also see some of the 40,000 petroglyphs, which the Israelites chiseled in stone to mark their territory, according to God's promise to Abraham, Moses, and Joshua. You will also see underwater high-resolution robotic camera footage of coral encrusted remains of Pharaoh's chariots, including a golden-covered chariot wheel. You'll also see footage of an ancient Torah scroll smuggled out of Iraq just before the fall of Saddam Hussein. Michael shares a new revelation from God on how Zachariah's thermonuclear war fits into the end-time scenario. Four DVDs, all for free, up until February 28th of 2022 at watchprophecyclub.com. Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go over and play clips over the next several days until my face heals up <laughs> enough to come and talk before you again. And uh, so here, here's some more clips. Go watch all of this at watchprophecyclub.com. It's for free, watchprophecyclub.com. Now I want to take you back to this Red Sea crossing. I want to take you between the gorges at P. Hatirot, between the gorges. And it is at this very location that a pillar of fire came down out of heaven as the Pharaoh's chariots and army came down that gorge after the children of Israel. And when there looked like there was no hope, wham, that pillar of fire came down. Now, I wasn't there for this purported archaeological dig, but as I understand it, right here at that location between the gorges, there was found recently an ancient, a very ancient video cassette tape <laughs> and a very ancient video cassette player that then we were able to power up and it apparently showed us exactly what took place. video footage, but I thought that just a hundred yards out from the beach, it dropped off 5,000 feet straight down. This shows 
in Cecil B. DeMille's rendition, that the land drops off at about five degrees, levels off, and then comes back up five degrees on the other side. Easily negotiable on land or in an 18-wheeler. But at this very location, at the beach at Nueva, there just happens to be an underwater land bridge at this point that Cecil B. DeMille knew nothing about. It goes off at about six degrees, levels off, and comes back at six degrees on the other side. On each side of this land bridge, it drops off 5,000 feet right straight down to the bottom of the Great Rift. This one place, there is an underwater land bridge, and it is right between two pillars that were put there by Solomon 3,000 years ago, commemorating the crossing of the Red Sea on dry ground. Across this body of water, right here, across that underwater land bridge, Pharaoh's chariots and army have been found, encrusted in coral, strewn for over a mile and a half. Tonight, you are going to see this. The crossing site. The tire dies. On the pursuit. particular rendition by Cecil B. DeMille shows that Pharaoh was not drowned in the Red Sea. He actually went back to Cairo and uh, spoke to Ann Baxter about the incident. <laughs> However, the scriptures say that Pharaoh that died in the Red Sea. And we saw that just as the charioteers were closing in, that is when the Red Sea closed up over them. Very interesting. This is what we know from the Bible. It says that the Hebrews, the Hebrew slaves, built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Petom and Ramses. Petom, or King Tom and Ramses. Now, why do we assume that Ramses was the Pharaoh of the Exodus? Simply because of this verse. 
But according to Egyptologists and the Tel Amarna tablets, it says the Egyptians record that King Tom, Pharaoh Tom, died in a battle with a god in a whirlpool and was his body was never returned to the capital. Listen to me again. The Egyptians in the Telemarna tablets record that Pharaoh Tom died in a battle with a god in a whirlpool and his body was never returned. Egyptologists will tell you one thing that they know about King Tutankhamun's tomb. That first of all, Tutankhamun was not the pharaoh. He was the heir to the throne. And he was buried in a tomb that was very elaborate, but it was not finished. And the tomb was not his. Why was the tomb very elaborate and unfinished? Because his father, Pharaoh Tom, was not going to die for a long time. It was being worked on. But Pharaoh Tom died in the Red Sea. But his son, his oldest son, the heir to the throne, died the night of Passover. And so he was buried in a tomb that was not finished, it was not his own, and he was buried with all the remaining treasures of Egypt in the 18th dynasty, the very time frame in which the Exodus took place. Now the Egyptians, up to this year, have flatly denied that Israel was ever in Egypt. But just this last year, an official lawsuit was filed from Egypt against Israel for Israel taking all the gold and silver out of Egypt. (laughs) It's true. Now I think that that is a big mistake because they have no Jewish lawyers. And I believe that there is a countersuit that is going to be filed for back wages. (laughs) So Egypt, again, has bitten off a little bit more than they can chew in this particular situation. Now we go to P. Hakiro, between the gorges and Baal Zephon. This is the body of water. This is the area where the children of Israel crossed and found in this body of water, after Israel gave back the Sinai Peninsula, was this coral-encrusted six-boat chariot wheel. Now, let me explain something about this particular chariot wheel. First of all, any artifact, any remnant of Pharaoh's chariots and army, after 3,500 years, would have long dissolved in this saltwater environment there would be nothing left. However, the creator created coral with a very specific property. Coral does not begin to grow on sand or silt. It has to have an artifact to attach to. And coral many times will form to the exact shape of the artifact. The artifact will then erode away and all that will be left is coral, basically stone, that is the exact image of what was left behind. Sometimes coral will continue to grow and will just grow into reefs that are miles. But many times it will just grow to cover the artifact and it will stop just like that. 
This particular artifact was taken out of the Red Sea. It was taken to Cairo, Egypt, to the Department of Antiquities, where it was then assembled on an eight-foot table. The director of the Department of Antiquities came in, and as he approached the table, he blurted out, that's 18th Dynasty. And they asked him, well, how do you know, looking at this piece of coral so quickly, how do you know? He said, this is an 18th Dynasty chariot wheel. It's a six-spoke chariot wheel, just like the chariot wheels found in King Tutankhamun's tomb. It is the same diameter. It is the same six-spoke. And as we see in Heliopolis, in the 18th dynasty, it shows the six-spoke chariot wheel. He knew exactly what it was, and so that chariot wheel is now buried in the Department of Antiquities. Don't expect that you'll ever see it in the light of day, because they still, most of them, don't want to admit that Israel was ever in Egypt. Because modern Egyptology is based on a ridiculous fairy tale. When the Syrian Greek general conquered Egypt and Israel, he requested a history of the people of the land from both the Hebrews, the Israelites, and the Egyptians. So the Hebrews responded in this way. They got together 72 scholars who translated the Torah, the five books of Moses, from Hebrew into Greek. It became known as the Septuagint. That is what they presented the Syrian Greek conqueror as the history of the Jewish people. The Egyptians had one priest named Manatheo concoct a history. He said for 10,000 years, gods ruled Egypt. After that, for 10,000 years, gods and men ruled Egypt. And after that, 10,000 more years, men ruled Egypt. Even in the Egyptian records, the oldest records of Manatheo vary in over 1,800 names of pharaohs and gods. The Egyptians didn't even treat this as being legitimate. They knew it was a fairy tale, but yet modern Egyptology is based on the fairy tale rendition of one priest, Manatheo, while the rest of the world scoffs at the Hebrew Scriptures, which gives an accurate detail. And that is what all modern biblical criticism is based on, Egyptology. Well, tonight we are going to look at the Hebrew Scriptures and we're going to see the reality of these things. And here on your screen you see that we too have done our investigations in the Red Sea. Here I am in the sailing vessel. Actually, I have in my hands uh, the directions how you sail this thing. But, you know, we do the best with the equipment that we have. <laughs> and I have a trick up my sleeve, of course, because I know that Moses did something with his staff and parted the Red Sea, so I bring my staff along, but turns out that mine didn't work. Sometimes it's just better left to the professionals, and so that's why I want to introduce you to this gentleman. This gentleman's name is Leonard Moeller. Leonard Muller was introduced to Ron Wyatt while he was still alive, and Ron Wyatt shared some things with Leonard Muller that then kindled a fire in his heart, and Leonard Muller has now taken it far beyond what Ron Wyatt could even imagine. Because Leonard Muller is a scientist with Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, Sweden. 
Karolinska Institute is the laboratory that awards the Nobel Prize in science. This is not a backyard chemistry shop. This is the most prestigious laboratory in the world, and Leonard Moeller is a serious scientist that is recognized all over the world. Leonard Moeller went down to the crossing site with the most modern research vessels and equipment, the finest that money can buy, and with underwater robotic dive cameras, went down and drove these high-definition cameras among the coral-encrusted remains of Pharaoh's chariots and army. I spoke to Leonard about a month ago, and he told me that he has analyzed coral all over the, all over the world. But he said that right there at the Nueva Crossing site, it is like an underwater junkyard. It is like a battlefield which is locked in time, and you see right angles, you see the circles, you see the remains of Pharaoh's chariots and army, and now we're going to let Leonard Moeller take you on this journey along the bottom of the Red Sea. In the spring of 2000, a robotic camera was lowered into these waters for the first time. This has never been done. No one has been in the area at all with a remote control camera. Controlled from the ship, the camera was maneuvered across the seafloor, transmitting video images for study and evaluation. We have been down to some 80, 90 meters, so we can go deeper down that we can't do with ordinary diving, and we can be down as long as we like. As in his previous searches at Nueva, Moeller scrutinized the coral for specific shapes. You can see that because it's a 90 degree angle, you see the seabed here, there are some structures that are just a little bit above the surface of the seabed. They have a cross-like appearance, it's 90 degree angles, and there's a hole in the middle. So the hub would be here? Possibly a hub there, yeah. And the, the wheel would be in a circle around. This would be the rim of the wheel here? Yeah. Okay. So this could be a spoke here, possibly, yeah. possibly a spoke. Yeah. And what what would the diameter of that rim be? Yeah, that's a good question, but we would expect it to be about one meter, about three feet wide. Okay. In diameter. The robotic camera's survey revealed many shapes and objects familiar to Moeller, including coral formations with right angles, arches, discs, and straight shafts fused into larger masses that had the appearance of twisted wreckage. Now, when we have been able to go back and forth with a remote control camera, we can repeatedly see that these strange structures we are looking for are there, not at one place, but you see them again and again and again. And this could be the outer rim of a wheel. Like the that. abundance of these unusual coral structures was even more apparent when tapes of the expedition were carefully scrutinized during the months following the search at Nueva. Perhaps have a wheel here, standing on the seabed. When you sit and look at these films that has been taken by the remote camera, you see all these strange artifacts or pearl growth on some artifacts or structures that appear repeatedly time after time at different locations at this spot and um, 
You can sit there and think, well, what is this? This doesn't look like normal coral growth. And it is amazing to see that so many things and such large areas down there that are like a man-made structure. This particular artifact is so exciting because here you can see the chariot cab and then the broken off chariot wheel and this is just 100 meters from the Saudi side, from the side of Midian. That means as the straggling women and children were just making their way up on the other side, this charioteer was bearing down with a sword swinging over his head, ready to lop off their heads, and right at the last second before he took the first swipe, wham! The wheel of his chariot came out, it dumped him out, and the Red Sea closed up over on top of him. The Almighty is the master of drama. When there appears to be no hope, at the last second, then he comes through with a miracle. And is that not the way it has always been in our lives? And if we just hold on, he will always arrive right in the nick of the time. It appears that there is no hope, and that's just the way he sets the stage. It's like he wants Satan to think that he's got the victory, and at the last moment he pulls it right out of his mouth. It talks about it by the prophet. It says it's like a man that is crossing the desert, and he's, he's dreaming that he is drinking of ice-cold water, but then he wakes up and realizes that his mouth is full of sand. That's exactly what our Creator does every time we stand and he is allowed to work and perform his miracles and his work in our lives. This is one that I love. Here you can see this is the chariot wheel, the axle, and another chariot wheel. This is the diameter. The wheels are the diameter of the chariots in King Tutankhamun's tomb. The width between the wheels is the same width as the chariot in Tutankhamun's tomb. All chariots have the same width of wheels. Why? Because it is the width of the rear end of two horses. In every culture, the chariot wheels are the same width, the width of the rear end of two horses. And it's exactly that width in this chariot that was found in Tutankhamun's tomb. This particular art artifact was found, again, after Israel gave back the Sinai Peninsula. This is a gold four-spoke chariot wheel. This particular photograph was given to me by Mr. Ron Wyatt. This particular gold four-spoke chariot wheel has only coral in the middle of it. Why? Coral has a very unique property. It does not grow on sand, silt, gold, or silver. But... The coral attached itself to the metal hub and held down the gold veneer after the wheel had long disappeared. There's an underwater buoy nearby, and this will come out after Israel gets the Sinai Peninsula back, and not until. There is only one chariot that you see in Egypt that is depicted with a four-spoke chariot wheel the chariot of Pharaoh. You could not imagine that everyone in Egypt would not only have a four-spoke chariot wheel, but that they would have gold wheels on their Mercedes. No, it's just the Pharaoh 
and to have the photograph of the wheel of Pharaoh. Terry Salk is a prophecy student, and he reads his King James Bible, and he believes in winning souls so much, he is supporting the Prophecy Club so that we can win more souls. So if you want to support someone that loves prophecy and wants to win souls, I'm going to send you to cornerstoneassetmetals.com, where you can get all sorts of precious metals, gold, silver, rhodium, palladium, and things like that. cornerstoneassetmetals.com. These days, emergency food is mostly sold out, but... HeavensHarvest.com has all sorts of emergency supplies and food in stock. Their food comes in square stackable buckets, breakfast, entree, protein, fruits and vegetables. I recommend you have at least 12 months of food for each person in your family. Receive a free box of heirloom seeds when you enter the promo code STAN at HeavensHarvest.com. Promo code STAN. So Leslie Johnson, I'm a prophecy student. Why should I come to your Train the Prophets? The reason you want to come to train the prophets is because you want to do more work for God. You want to be trained and equipped. And this is a safe place to come. You'll be able to prophesy more accurately. You'll know how to lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. But you're going to also know how to hear the voice of the Lord and be more accurate and understand he is speaking. That's why you want to come to train the prophets. Go to traintheprophets.com. Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.